What are you doing tonight? What? Or tomorrow night or this weekend, whatever. Why? Why our date? What date? Hey, this is Zed. Welcome to Coagecast, where we discuss all things wellness. From interviews to tips and tools, we are here to inspire and help you grow. Okay, so we're back for round two of chat GPT questioning on dating. Yeah, baby! Yeah. When I put in the prompt for chat GPT, these are some of the questions that it came up with as the most common questions that people might have for dating. Number one. What should I wear on a date? People often worry about what to wear to make a good impression. In my opinion is sweatpants. Right. What's yeah. your take? How do you want to be perceived? I think just putting yourself together in a nice way. Um, I don't want people to go too much. Let's talk about women. I don't want women to go too sexy, right? I don't want your cleavage out. I don't want these sexy stilettos. Here's why. Do you want to be viewed as just a sexual object? No. You are a woman that has a brain and that has interest and you're a professional. And I'm, so I'm not shaming sexuality. I'm saying, how do you want to be perceived? And look cute, look sexy, but do you need your cleavage out? Do you need a really low skirt on? No. Be classy. There's time for sexuality. Is a first state really the time for that? And I don't think it is. For men... To your point, should you be showing up in sweatpants? No, I don't think anyone needs to be in a suit and tie. But if you show up in sweatpants as a man, you're also telling this woman you're going on a date how you perceive this date, that it's it's no big deal for you that you didn't put a lot of effort into. Now, there are some... Um, I think cultures that wear sweatpants in very um, fashionable ways, and that could be different. Um, I'm, I don't want to attack that, but I think you have to look at how do you want to be perceived. And I want to put a vibe out that says, I'm a professional woman and I'm serious, and I'm looking for a future partner, not someone that's here just to go have fun. If you want to just have a one night stand, Maybe you're putting out a different vibe. But if you're an intentional dater, then I think you have to consider how you want to be perceived that night. So not a piece of meat. No, okay. not a piece of meat. Number two. How do I know if someone likes me? It can be hard to tell whether someone is interested in you uh, or just being friendly. Sure. I actually think it's not hard to tell when people are interested in you. Uh, do you remember that movie? Um, it was in the early 2000s, I think, and it was called He's Just Not That Into You. Yeah. Yeah. I think our society does uh, a disservice when, as a friend, we try to create all kinds of excuses and ex uh, reasons why uh, a dating partner has not returned a phone call or has not been texting you back. Oh, they're just busy. They just got a lot on their plate. When a man or a woman is interested in someone, they put effort into it. They will be responding to your text messages. They will be available when you're available. And so it's really behaviors. We cannot base if someone is into us based on words. It's very easy to say words, to give comfort and connection. Oh, you're so beautiful. I see my future with you. And then you go a week without hearing them. So we have to base it on behaviors and behaviors do not lie to us. A man who is interested will pursue you. Even shy men, shy men, awkward men, people that don't know how to have conversations, 
they will find ways to pursue you. And a woman too. We will respond to text messages. And I think sometimes women, we have to look at, uh, are you sending the right cues? That's right. If a man writes you and you don't, and you want to play hard to get, you're sending him the wrong cues. You're sending him you're not interested. And if he's interested in you, he might feel defeated in that. And then he might back off. And then you'll go, oh, see, he's not interested in me. And I'm like, no, he's actually responding to your lack of interest. He's trying to protect himself. So really, behaviors will show people's intentions. But you have to look in yourself. Am I sending the behaviors that I that I truly want? Or am I, am I trying to protect myself? And I'm trying to play hard to get? Am I, you know... So, but behaviors will show people if they're interested. Number three. How do I meet someone? And many people struggle to find potential partners, especially if they're busy with work or other obligations. Uh, our day and age, we use a lot of apps. And when apps were first created, the eHarmony and the Match.coms, I think they're really beautiful avenues because these were serious people getting on apps or websites and wanting to try to find love. That's really not the case anymore. You have these very quick, I'm not interested, I'm not interested. So I wouldn't say we wanna use all our efforts into dating on apps. I think apps could be a great tool to practice dating, to learn what you are interested in a person, what you find attractive, maybe working through some of your insecurities. But really, I think we have to get ourselves out there. If, again, you are prioritizing work above everything else and you will not stop working at 5 p.m., 6 p.m. to then go join a league or go to a park, you're not going to meet people. So you have to prioritize it. I think doing things organically is a great way to meet people, joining leagues, co-ed leagues. Um, I met my husband in a volleyball league. But really, you have to put yourself out there. So if you're isolating every night at home, you're not going to meet people. Go do things. But here I caution people, don't do it for the sake of meeting a spouse because you're going to get very disappointed. We don't know when the time is that we're going to connect with someone. We don't know when that time will be that we meet someone that we're interested in. But if you put yourself out there, go out with your girlfriends. Don't go out for the intention of meeting a husband. Just go out to connect. The more connections you make, guess what? The more opportunities that for further connections. Maybe you go out with uh, your guy friend and he has a guy from work and he, the guy from work has a, uh, his sister that's single. Now there's an opportunity. So I think we can use dating apps, but don't put all our eggs in that basket. We have to go out and we have to start doing things to meet people. Well, our people who are interested in things tend to be interesting. Yeah, and you you could be setting yourself up for a really easy connection if you're doing something of similar interest. A book club, doing a church group, a cooking class. There's a ton of meetup groups. Um, if you haven't heard of meetup, if it's a website. There's a ton of meetup groups, and you really just have to put yourself out there. There's also speed dating. I've never done that, but it's just an avenue to meet people. You have to be willing to take risks and be uncomfortable to meet people. Fair enough. All right, here's the next one. Number four. How do I make a good first impression? First impressions are important, and people often worry about how to make a positive one. Yeah, you have to be yourself. There's no thing that I can say of like, this is what you need to be. Like, if you follow these rules, you're going to make a good first impression. And if I did say that, that would honestly be me promoting being completely inauthentic. 
the best first impression you can make is being yourself. And guess what? If it's not a good first impression, then it's not the right person for you. We might be awkward, right? And maybe say the wrong thing because we're nervous, but that brings the humanity into people. I much rather have somebody not quite knowing what to say all the time or fumbling over their words rather than a guy who's sitting there stiff telling me about all the money he makes and all his accomplishments because he's trying to make a good first impression. Frankly, that's just unattractive. So if you can be yourself, that's your best way. And also this sets you up for success. If you try to be something you're not and the dating continues, how safe do you think you're going to feel in this relationship? Not very. Not very safe because you're not being truly who you are. So you will be constantly doubting, do they like you or do they like this person that you're trying to be? So the more authentic you can be from the beginning is setting yourself up to have a successful connection. And again, if they don't like you, will it hurt? Probably. It will probably hurt, but it will hurt a lot less if you find out in date one that you're not compatible than a year down the road. So here's the next question. Number five. How do I keep a conversation flowing on a date? Yes, please go on. Awkward silences can be uncomfortable, and people often worry about how to keep a conversation interesting and engaging. Yeah, <laughs> that's so hard. I think it comes nat- more naturally for some people. Um, for me, it's very easy to have conversations and ask open-ended questions, and I know it's not as easy for other people. Uh, the advice I would give is try to ask open-ended questions. And an open-ended question is something that doesn't lead to a yes or a no. i give you a good example. Do you like chocolate cake? Yes. Goes nowhere, <laughs> all right? Oh, what's your favorite dessert? Or any holiday traditions you've had around blah, 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 uh, if whatever holiday's coming up. So you ask open-ended questions to lead into conversation. If someone is not very skillful in conversation, they might not know how to answer back, and that's when conversations can go flat. If you are on a date with someone who doesn't know how to ask questions, then be prepared to just start sharing. So you ask them what their favorite dessert is, and they say, oh, I really like this and this, and then that's it. And then you say, oh, that's awesome. I really like this. Have you heard of Voodoo Donuts down the street? Donuts. So I think you have to get used to and maybe practice, maybe this is silly, but practice with friends, practice with people that are not threatening. They don't have to know what you're doing, but get on the phone with your mom. Get on the phone with your dad, your sister, your brother, and start asking them questions. These are the same skills with any connection that you could be using. So be ready to ask open-ended questions and be ready to share even if if you're not getting a question back. That's good advice. That's good advice. Number six. When should I text or call after a date? Yeah. People often wonder how long they should wait before contacting someone after a date and how often they should communicate. You communicate when your heart longs to communicate. If we're doing anything else but that, we're playing games. If you go on a great date and you want to text that girl that night, text her. I had such a good time with you. I can't wait to see you again. If she doesn't respond... Will it hurt your feelings? Yes. But at least you know. Now you don't have to go a week waiting, wondering if she's as into you as you are into her. Here's where I wouldn't do. Warning. Warning. 
If your heart desires to text them 10 times every hour without them responding. I love you. We'll call you in five minutes. It's probably a little bit too much. But if you text them in the morning and you say, good morning, hope you have a great day. And then maybe that evening uh, you haven't heard from them and you say, hey, I'd love to plan another date. When are you available? So don't play games. Well, I, I wrote him and he didn't write me back. He could be busy. He could be at work. If you're wanting to go on another date, and even as a woman, right, you can say, I had a really nice time on our date. Let me know when you're available to get together again. Be very direct. Again, this doesn't mean the other person's going to reciprocate it, but it's setting you up so you do not have to question. I really like him. I don't know if he likes me. We haven't responded in two days. If you want to know, write him. I had a really nice time. I'd be open for another date to let me know if that works for you. If he doesn't write you or if he goes, yeah, sure, there's our sign. He's not as interested. Okay, now I can move on. Instead of waiting and torturing and playing games, write them right away. Write them every day. Again, if you're the only one writing and they're never responding, then let it go. All right, we got two more questions. How do I handle rejection? Rejection is a common part of dating, but it can be difficult to handle, just as you were describing. Yeah, I think there's no easy way around this. Rejection hurts. Um, We have to change our mindset, though, that not everyone's going to like us. Not everyone's going to find us attractive, and we're not going to be compatible with everybody. I think when we put so much stock in our worth, in finding a relationship— then suddenly it became, becomes a very like shameful experience if you get rejected. There must be something wrong with me. And then we don't want to put ourselves out there anymore because there must be something wrong with me. And I'm not suggesting people are perfect. I think we all have areas that we need to work and grow in. But if someone doesn't like you, we're not compatible. And we have to save it or just approach it for that face value. That person doesn't desire me. That's okay. Again, we don't need every human being on this earth to find value in us, to find us attractive, to find us interesting. You will not be alone, right? You do not need that person today, right now, to find you interesting. There's so many other people in this world, and we actually just have to be okay with not being everyone's choice. But if you can accept It's okay that it hurts. It will hurt. Allow it to hurt. But then you have to challenge the negative talk around there's something wrong with me, there's something wrong with me. We do have to have self-reflection. If you're you're being rude and um, aggressive, then maybe we do have to look at ourselves. But if it's just a compatibility issue and they might not find you attractive, well, guess what? I don't find everyone attractive. Are you kidding me? I know. That's shocking. Right? I know. Shocking. All right. Last question. Number eight. How do I know? when to take the next step in a relationship. People often wonder when it's the right time to become exclusive, introduce their partner to their family and friends, or move in together. Yeah, there's uh, many components to that. Um, When to know to move forward. I think your body tells you. You have these longings, you have these aches, like you desire to be with the person more. I think that happens very organically um, when you guys are just on the same page. Where there will be a disruption is if you're not on the same page. You're craving more connection with this person and they're still holding back, then honestly, that might be signs that you guys are not 
this re- this relationship needs to end. If both parties are just organically moving forward and I can't get enough of you, let's keep going. I do have to caution though, there is an element that we can't go too fast. So if a relationship starts and within a week we're wanting to move in with each other, to me that's actually a huge red flag, big red flag. Like on the one hand, it could feel really, really good that you guys are so in love, but how authentic can that really be? How much can you really know somebody in a week to choose to go do life with them? So I caution, we can't go too fast. And I use that description a lot with my clients is, are you doing life with them before we should be doing life with them? Are we having sleepovers every night? Are we going grocery shopping? Are we talking about bills and finances? And we've only been dating a month. So on the one hand, we cannot move too fast, but if you have your own separate places and it's been three months and you wanna see each other two to three times a week, like, yeah, let's roll, let's do it. Um, The fact of meeting family and friends, I think it's culturally a, what is it, faux pas? Faux pas, Faux pas to introduce your your partner, your dating partner too soon. And I wanna debunk that. Just because you meet my family does not mean I'm going to marry you. And in what setting are they meeting your family? Are you going to the dedication of your niece? Yeah, maybe that's a little inappropriate. But if it's a birthday party, a July 4th barbecue, a game night, okay, introduce this you know dating partner to your family. What harm does it do? So there's actually uh, this uh, author, he is a researcher and a therapist, his name's Stan Tatkin, and he wrote a book called Wired for Love. And he said that what happens to our nervous system and our body and our brains when we first meet somebody, the first thing that's online is lust. And it's not till later down the road that do the parts of our brain start coming online that start analyzing if this could actually be a mate, a a partner that we could do life with. And so sometimes it could be helpful as we introduce uh, this dating partner to our friends and our family, they can help us discern, is this just lust or is this a potential dating partner? Where I would caution people is if you have very jacked up family dynamics, right? Like, if, if we should not be getting advice from your mom because she's been married 10 times and can't hold down a, a stable relationship, then I would not be turning to my mom for discernment and wisdom. So maybe in those cases, if there's alcoholism and chaos and just a lot of stuff going on in your family, no, maybe protect your relationship and allow you to figure out how you feel without the chaos of your family. But there's also other ways that you could get feedback. You could introduce them to safe friends. Do you have a safe uncle? Do you have a safe mentoring couple that they've just been in your life for so long? Introduce them to that couple. It doesn't have to be our family. So I think we put this really negative spin on it of, oh, you're meeting your family? Why does that have to be bad? It doesn't have to be bad. And it's not that I'm bringing them to family dinner every Sunday. And if you don't come, shame on you. And we've been dating three months and you better come to my Christmas. And if you don't... Like Romeo and Juliet, you and I will die. No, it's just a barbecue, right? Like a game night, something. So my husband... He had to meet my entire family after two months of dating. My That would be intimidating. <laughs> yeah, right? So my sister at the time, she lived in Wisconsin, and she was coming into town. And she had, uh, she, at the, there, I think there were two or three, and I was hosting their 
two or three year old birthday party. They were going to be at my house for a week. And so I was like, well, if you want to see me, you're going to have to meet my family. And he showed up and he met my dad, my mom, both my sisters, one of my brother-in-laws, four nieces and nephews, a cousin, an aunt, and he did amazing. Literally, it was in that moment that I was like, I think I love you. I didn't tell him because it was only two months, right? <laughs> but it, it really provided an opportunity to see this man in a different setting. And I was like, oh my gosh, he handled the chaos. He man helped me manage my dogs. He helped my dad cook. So what an opportunity that you also get to see someone in a different setting. Yeah, see how they can kind of just jump in and yes. oh, do life, do yeah. family. Yeah, it was awesome. That's very cool. So I think the being exclusive and then moving in together, it's such a fine balance of not running, wanting to rush into things, but then also there's a lack of safety if we're not exclusive. So if you've been dating for six months and someone doesn't want to be exclusive, like that's a red flag for me. So, I mean, really about three months, like we should be knowing if we want to date this person or not. Um, if you only see the person every two weeks, then maybe we won't know. But if you're only seeing the person every two weeks, then that also should be a red flag. Unless there's like very extreme situation as to why you're not seeing this person. I actually have very strong opinions on moving in that do not favor our society. So the act of living together is not inherently wrong or bad. How we use it, I think, sets us up to be um, hurt. Explain that. So I think a lot of people use moving in with each other as a trial period. And people who, this actually, when I was in my master's program, this actually might've been my bachelor's. I can't remember, but there was a book, maybe my master's, there was a book and it had all different kinds of research articles. And I remember reading this research article and it said people who are more willing to move in with each other before dating are also more willing to get a divorce. Do you mean before marriage? Yeah. Okay. So if you're viewing moving in with each other as a trial period to test it out, I think you're setting yourself up for failure. So you're saying like if I test drive a car, that would be fine, but people aren't cars? No. And so again, I'm not saying moving in with each other is bad. There's a lot of reasons financially people should move in with each other. My husband actually was living in Utah and uh, we did long distance. And so I can, I'd love to talk about long distance dating sometime. <laughs> um, and we got married in October and he moved home in May and he moved in with me. But at that time there was no test trial. We were committed no matter how hard it got, no matter how annoying our behaviors were, there wasn't an option to then leave. And I imagine that creates a deeper sense of security. Yes. It's a whole lot of safety knowing that you're not being tested. So if you're using moving in with somebody to test the relationship, I think you're setting yourself up to fail. If you're using moving in because you're in a committed relationship and you guys are seeing a future together, like, again, I don't think moving in should be the next step. To me, that sounds like a test. Well, we love each other and we're ready What's stopping you from getting engaged then? What's stopping you? So if you are in that committed place and you want to do life, and again, this isn't like you don't have to get married. There's people in committed relationships that don't want to get married. That's fine. But are you guys moving in with each other because this is the you want to build a life together? Or are you moving in because let's test it out. There's some things that I don't know if I can handle about you. It's going to fail. It's over. That's such good wisdom, good advice. I hope people heed that wisdom.
it's not favorable because no. I think our culture goes next step, move in with each other. And what's the point? What are you trying to learn that you don't know? It, are you telling me that there's something, there's a behavior your dating partner, future spouse could do that you would reject them on? Does it really matter how they load the dishwasher? Maybe we need to actually practice on how we communicate around these differences. But if you're willing to end the relationship on how someone loads the, the dishwasher, then you're not ready to be married or to be in a committed relationship. Yeah, fair enough. Thank you so much, Brianna, for sharing your wisdom and your insights. Yeah, thanks for having me. Glad to have you back for another episode of The Voyage Cast. We appreciate your continued support, and we're excited to keep bringing you great content. If you love our podcast and want to show some extra loving, consider joining our Patreon. And of course, don't forget to hit that subscribe button and leave us a five-star review. And share this podcast with your friends and family. People who wear weird blouses like during interviews, I'm like, what are you doing? Like, that's what you chose to wear. <laughs> that's it. <laughs>